to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of audio podcast land. And welcome to another episode of Brave New Wilds, a Junior Braves of the Apocalypse actual play podcast. I am so excited to be back. This is going to be so much fun this session. But I am your Brave Master, Mikey, the founder of the Vibe Tribe Productions. And you can follow me on my personal socials at Pop Culture Geek. You can also follow all of us collectively at Vibe Tribe Productions, where you want to give us a follow to stay up to date on the many actual play games we got going on, as well as a couple of pop culture podcasts. We got a little something for everyone, and it's a great time. Get to know us a little bit and find your tribe, so to speak. As always, I am joined by my amazing cast of players. We're going to go around real quickly. So my players are going to introduce themselves, plug any socials and projects, as well as tell us who your character is and the archetype they are playing. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. the dice gods have decided, Joshua, you have been selected to go. Hey, I know that guy. That's me. Hi, everybody. It's Josh. You may know me as uh, MG Preacher from season one. I'm just going to keep this short and sweet. Tonight, I will be playing Gabriel Alexander. I am the tribe's uh, ruffian, and uh, believe it or not, I actually have something to plug in this time. If any of you gamers out there enjoy history or first-person shooters, then you probably know what War of Rights is. It's an online multiplayer first-person shooter set in the Civil War. And if you feel like it, come and uh, find me in the uh, 8th Illinois Drill Camp. I am actually uh, one of the junior instructors. I'm a NCO in the 8th Illinois. And if you feel like joining our regiment, hey, come on in. We'll try and get you set up. We'll run you through a quick basic, and we'd be happy to be serving with you. Excellent and very professional, may I, might I add. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> of course. All righty. Next person to give their little introduction is going to be, he's not a window, he's Amador. <laughs> I die every time I hear that, but. Either way, hello everyone, it's Amador, the not-so-normal guy. Today, I will be playing everyone's favorite oddball, Arturo Luis Jimenez Rivera Jr., or Artie for short. I don't have anything to plug, just watch the rest of our shows, please. <laughs> yes, please watch and listen, because now we're on both formats. It's crazy, right? Alrighty, next person to give their little introduction. He's the homie. He's the friend. He is Adolfo. Saludos, programas, and welcome. I am Adolfo, the Nordic Puerto Rican, and here on the Vibe Tribe Productions, you want uh, you want some like '80s otherworldly adventures in like a fantasy earthy type setting? We got you. Come and check us out as we play uh, the Neon Memories, which uh, uses the lighthearted system. You want some some D action in a post-apocalyptic world? We got you. Come and check us out as we play the Academy. You want some pop culture talk? We got you. Come check us out as we do our chit chats on the Divergence. But in this game, in this game of Brave New World, I play I play everyone's favorite mass hole transplant, Bobby McGillicuddy. Fuck yeah. Oh, I Sutfin is in for a treat when we get to Bobby. It is going to be amazing. <laughs> Alrighty, next to give their little introduction for this particular session. He is also the homie, as is everyone else, but he is one of the people who surprisingly agreed to work with a crazy kid like me. The one and only Chris. 
Hello, hello. This is Chris, also known as Riku. You can find me on social media as Pup Riku or Puppy Riku. You can also find me here on Vibe Tribe as the Game Master for the Academy, as well as for the Crystal City. You can also find me here on Brave New Wilds alongside A Walk Among Gods and Tavern Tales as well. Here on Brave New Wilds, however, I am playing CJ, who is your jock, who has a bit of a riot, who's not a morning person, thanks to a certain snoring somebody. Yep. <laughs> I don't know um, what you're talking about. <laughs> and Neither in terms of plugs, coming up this spring, I'm actually directing a show here in Madison called Laced. So if you get a chance to check us out, you can check out the Bartell Theater here in Madison, Wisconsin, and come see the show. And actually, a really fun thing that's happening next weekend, unfortunately, this is going to come out after that. But I'm actually going to be Dungeon Mastering as part of a session at ACOG, a gathering of gamers, which is an annual event put on by Chicago Mensa. And I got asked to come in and DM a game for them. So it's going to be a lot of fun to do that next weekend. Some really cool things coming up and some really cool things to happen here soon. Excellent. I love when friends succeed. That's what we're all about here at Vibe Tribe. And joining us once again. He is back and better, somewhat better than ever. Oh, I missed this lovable man right here, but I'm going to let him introduce himself. The one and only Sutfin. Hello, everybody. It's Sutfin or Chris, maybe. I still have Parkinson's, but uh, let's see. Where can you find me at on the uh, magical internet thingy? Parky.tv is one that I'm working on. Cosmos Prefect is handle on the TikTok. But yeah, so tonight I have the distinct pleasure of introducing you to Ozymandias Clark. Yes, I love the name already! He is the sloppy rustic of the crew. Yeah, I hear it. I hear there may be some shenanigans happening soon. Let's see what happens. I'm sorry, but the very first thing that came to my mind with that name is, and this shows how much of a weeb I am, is Kid Ozzy from from the Fate Grand from the Fate series anime series. Oh no, the Fate Grand Order people has entered the chat. No, yep. Archer <laughs> himself. Oh my gosh! Oh, uh, this we, we tossed around a couple of different variations of the name and. And, you know, just that's what we decided on. So it seemed to flow very well. Oh, no, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's just it's just funny because that's being a kid. This is that's the first thing that comes to my mind because I'm a nerd. Bye. All righty. And he is Clark. Let me let's just get this out of the way. That that's going to be great. Sutfin, is it OK if I refer to him as Ozzy when I narrate him? Either that or Ozman. Ozman is better. Hold on. Let me make sure I put this. The Ozman. I thought about Ozzy at first, or and then I was like, eh. And then maybe like Mando, but I thought that might be a <laughs> stretch to, to get to there. And then Ozman. Seems it's just enough. Uh, this is going to be a great time. This is already off to a great start. I'm so happy you're back, but this is going to be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, we are missing a player this session. Our lovable Kellen, who plays Alex, 
unfortunately could not be here tonight, but you could follow him all over the social medias at Celtic Wyvern King. You can also catch him over at ADH Adventures on Mondays for Gods of Orlea Phase 2, where he's killing it over there. And we love to see our friends succeed here at Vitribe. With those introductions out of the way, let us jump into tonight proper with a quick recap. So last time on Brave New Wild, we got an introduction to Troop 202 as they were making the last couple of hours of their week-long camping adventure. Some fun memories. We got to know a little bit about their personalities. We got to learn that some people are sore losers when they lose in competitions and things like that. Don't give me that look. <laughs> We also got some more background on a couple of them. And then, of course, we probably had one of my favorite parts was looking for the dang keys that got taken by some squirrels. How dare they? Those little rat bastards. Oh, it's squirrels. <laughs> fucking rat bastards. <laughs> fucking bastages. Took the fucking keys up into the fucking nest. <laughs> At least they weren't fucking scorpions. I'm so tempted to have Bobby just recap everything. <laughs> we'll revisit that later. That'd be hilarious. But we'll revisit that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But eventually, y'all managed to get the keys back from the squirrels through some teamwork. And as you hopped into the van and started to make your way back with Padre Pio, your brave master, you all noticed that there were some fighter jets that happened to be passing by and we're heading in towards the direction of the town. And as soon as you guys came around the bend, as you got closer, the good old Padre stopped the vehicle onto the outlook that looked into your little town of Sequoia Falls. And after a brief interruption of the emergency broadcast system over the radio, you all got out of your car and you looked over the Outlook to see your once little peaceful town now just decimated and torn asunder as it is no longer the peaceful little town you once knew. We ended last episode with all of you in the distance seeing somebody sending Morse code using the reflection of what seems to be some sort of mirror, shiny object, whatever you want to call it. From the roof of St. Augustine, which is the church that y'all were at before you left for your week-long camping venture. So, of course, like any boy or Girl Scouts IRL, usually a lot of the places tend to use churches as meeting places. And that's where happens to where Troop 202 tends to congregate, so to speak. But... Let's jump into, now that the recap is over, let's begin proper. We're going to rewind the clock a little bit because while most of you were away for the week at your junior brave camping adventure, one of you was unfortunately not able to go because you got sick, which turned out to be nothing but allergies. How dare those allergies ruin your fun? As we turn the clock back a little bit, we rewind about eh, two days prior to the rest of the gang coming home from their camping trip. So as the camera pans through this quaint little section of Sequoia Falls, so Setfid, because you weren't here to give you a brief depiction, 
Sequoia Falls is a fictional town that is in the state of New Mexico. So think very dry atmosphere, very mixture of old Pueblo architecture with a modern twist and the modern technology, old and old school and new school being thrown together. And that is your little town. Unfortunately, as the camera pans through, we stop at a quaint little house. And as it pans through the second story window into a teenager's bedroom, we get a little bit of <laughs> the Oz man himself. So, Sutfin, why don't you give us a more lengthy introduction to Ozymandias and uh, give us a little bit of description of his personality, what he is dressed like at the moment. And yeah, we'll go from there. All righty. Ozymandias, or Ozman, as he's referred to by his friends, he's, he's rustic. So, like, backstory, he was sent to live with his grandparents, which may or may not have gotten into some trouble before, and that's why he was sent out to the, the High Plains to clear his allergies and stuff. But, like I said, lives with his grandparents. He's, a, he's an outdoors type, but he's not... Not so much the hunting, fishing outdoors. He's like likes to go out and sit under a tree and stare at the stars. Or he's always just super excited when he finds a really cool rock and plants. He's he wants to be a botanist, but he's he's messy, sloppy. So it's I would say maybe controlled chaos is his life. So physically, nothing, just your average normal normal thirteen year old. I would suspect. Not really short hair, not shaggy, but just enough that it can fall down to his eyes if it's if it's really disheveled. Yeah, just not true bangs, but kinda like he he can flip them back if he needs to. He uh, just plain dress, jeans, a pair of hiking boots. He does have this really cool vest that he got from his grandfather. It's an old old fishing vest, the tan with all kinds of pockets on it. And he's decorated it with pins and stickers. And he's even maybe tried his hand at a little needlework to make things a little unique. But that's uh, and he's always got his trusty compass and his and his multi-tool with all the time. Like never doesn't can't even imagine it's not that he would ever forget to pick them up if he left the house because it's almost a part like a a, a new appendage on his body so that that kind of thing which i don't know may counteract the sloppiness but there's certain things that some parts of his life and brain is organized but the rest of it's just if you just spin the wheel and see what happens oh my gosh so spin the deal spin the wheel make the deal <laughs> Oh, man, I'm so excited. I'm so happy to finally have everybody introduced now. <laughs> OK, and so Osman, as we previously mentioned, while the rest of Troop 202 was away at their camp excursion, you ended up getting sick right before you were going to leave with them and your grandparents is very traditionalist as they come we're like nah you're gonna stay in bed you can't afford to be get any sicker we don't want to get the rest of your friends sick all the all that stuff and then it turned out two days after they had left you ended up getting better because it was just your allergies acting up at this time of year how dare they i'm telling you man allergies be acting up like they are cold and then they suck just as much indeed 
And that's why I shoot him. I get allergy <laughs> shots. Oh, that's what you meant. I was like, brain is like at working at half capacity. I was like, wait, how do you? Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah, after a couple of allergy shots, you ended up being okay. <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately, Osmond, while you did get better, you would contact your friends to see how they're doing. But you know, for sure, anytime you guys go out on your excursions as a brave troop, Pod Padre Pio, the good old Padre, who... Oh, that's right. Let me do this for you. So Padre Pio is the retired priest from the local church that also happens to be your brave master. All of you are aware that he's a little bit around the rough around the edges. He's very old school. He'll curse like a sailor from time to time, but he is as real as they come. And when it comes down to it, he will do anything in his power to make sure y'all are okay and safe and protected because... While he may not have any biological children of his own, he treats all of you like his own grandkids. So making sure that y'all don't do anything too stupid. <laughs> As I mentioned, you would have contacted your other troop members, your friends, but Padre Pio, as always, the good old Padre takes all of the electronic devices and locks them up in the church before y'all leave. So there's no temptation there. Though you guys have learned to keep secondary devices on you at all times, which is going to be a given. I'm not going to take that away from anybody. Listen, it's the 21st century of this game. Teenagers are smart at this point when it comes to trying to hide all the electronics. I should know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But yeah, as you are contemplating what to do with the rest of your day, it should also be mentioned that your grandparents had told you that they were going to be out of town for a little bit. They usually do this once in a while. Your grandma's sister in a neighboring town is they always go and visit ever so often. And then, of course, it's like one of those situations where your grandparents want you to go, but also they realize that there's nothing really for you to do when you get there. So they rather just let you explore at home. And you're pretty responsible for the most part. <laughs> you haven't burned down the house yet. Yeah. <laughs> yet. <laughs> and as you're contemplating to figure out what you're going to do with the rest of the day, you get a. Do I want to say the term? Yeah, why not? If you get a little FaceTime call with a picture of a familiar looking individual on it. And as you go and pick up your phone. The picture and the name that it shows is a one Diego Garcia. To give a little bit of a context, Diego Garcia is a 15 year old born and bred 100 percent. So he is Mexican, y'all, which makes sense because we're in New Mexico. But more importantly, Diego, it was a troop member with all of you before he had to move away a couple months back because his mom got a new job in a different in Las Vegas. So they had to move over two counties in New Mexico. But you all still keep in contact with him. And ever so often he will call all of you guys and check in to see how everyone's doing. And also just to sh shoot the shit, so to speak. But yes, so Osmond that is who is trying who is currently trying to FaceTime you at the moment. Diego, my friend, what's up? <laughs> How are you? So I'm doing good, Osmond. 
And he just stops a little bit and says, did you do something with your hair? Not too much. Trying something different. I got bored. Apparently my my antihistamine stopped working. So Uh, don't tell me you couldn't go on the camping adventure. Afraid not. I was extremely disappointed. But damn, I just I hung out here and maybe tried a different color for the hair. I was going the platinum purple, maybe. And it's close. It's close. Not exactly where I want it to be. But there's time. Please. Is Osmond's hair currently plat- like halfway to platinum purple right now? Oh, yes. I'm going to make a note to myself. When we get character art, I'm going to make sure my artist puts that detail in very nicely. Because <laughs> now I need a visual picture now. I'll, I'll work on that this before next session. Eh, d- don't worry about it. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's amazing. He, so Diego, just looking through the FaceTime call. Yeah, I will say, I can't pull it off, but it does look good on you, Osmond. And I'm glad you're trying new hairstyles. Actually, you know what? And then he turns away. Ama! And then he, do you still have all, do you still have that hair care product that Aunt Vivian sent us? We still have it. Why? Do you mind if we send it over to Osmond? Oh, Osmond! Of course. We'll send it over to him right away. And in the background, Osmond, you can hear. Osmondcito, que paso? How you doing, hon? I miss you guys. No, we so miss much. you too. <laughs> so very much. It's you guys were oh, my, my, my second family. Aww. And you just see the phone like on Diego's side. It's just like Diego's Ama is not give it and you just hear them arguing for the phone and she just takes it. She takes it and she now you see Mrs. Garcia, who is a very lovely caramel complexion woman. She's got like long, curly brown hair and stunning hazel eyes to match as well. And she's wearing this nice like floral dress. And she has earrings that are in the shape of like cherries on each side. And she's got like very like bright pink lipstick plastered all over her lips. And at the mention of the second family, she's oh, it's a, oh, my baby. And she's just, I know it's tough. And I wish we didn't have to moon to Osmancito. But you always have a place here with us. And in fact, and she looks over at her calendar in the background. I believe I'm working something out with Padre to see if you guys can come visit us in Las Vegas. That would be excellent. I could maybe get some like proper coloring done for the hair. Do you like it? I'm trying it a little different. It's not quite where I want it. I think it'll help me blend in when I'm rummaging through the woods. And so Mrs. Garcia looks at it. I was like, it's, I'm not the one to lie, Osmancito. It's getting there, but hopefully the stuff that my sister Vivian sent us will help wonders. Granted, I don't really use it. And she flaunts her natural curly locks. She's like doing the hair flip moment. She's not all of us could be born with such good hair, unlike my sister. But I am more than happy to help out my little Osmancito and the rest of you at Troop 202. And then she begins to go into mom mode a little bit. You guys have grown up so much. And I remember the 
a couple years ago at that camping trip when Diego fell into the mud and then Diego, you just hear him go, Ama, we've been over this. Let it go. I, mijo, it's okay. There's nothing to be embarrassed about it. Everyone gets a little bit. Stop right there. It's like we talked about and you just see the phone go back and forth again. <laughs> and Diego finally grabs it. We don't need to revisit that. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like the typical way that a kid does when their mom is telling about to tell embarrassing stories. And trust me, for those of us who have Mexican or any type of Latina moms, or if Latina moms too, like when they start telling a story, you better get ready because all the juicy details come out, bro. It's not the first time that I've heard that story from your mom. I know, but I don't want to relive it. Oh, I love, I love hearing the story. She tells it so perfectly. Of course you would. You're such an asshole. And you just you, hear. You've done the same thing to me. That's true. And you just hear the background. Mrs. Garcia. I is like Diego Isueta Garcia. What have I told you about cursing in this household? I was like, how dare you? <laughs> and she's like, Diego's just sorry, Ma, I won't do it again. You better not. Otherwise, you will get. And you just see Diego shudders like, not again. But yeah, so Diego's just like, if it falls through, which I'm sure the good Padre would want to, because apparently he's got connections we still don't know about. I would love for you guys to come visit me, especially you, Osman. Actually, I would like to take all of you because I really want to show you this a big old fashion mall outlet that we have. It's got like 230 different retailers and stores. It's pretty much places of anything and everything. They got salons. They got clothing stores. There's a giant arcade I heard about that's out here, too. So hopefully when you guys make your way over, we can hang out again like we did before I moved. I would really like that. I really miss all of you. I do. Oh, yeah. We was saying and we're I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm trying to persuade my grandparents to talk it up a little bit with the Padre. I figure I can try on this end, too. So we'll see what happens. I would love that more than anything. And then you see Diego check his hand to his watch. Oh, shoot. I got to go. I got practice in a little bit. Osman, it was nice catching up with you. I miss you. I miss the rest of the troop. When you see the rest of the guys, let them know that I say, hey. But until then, Diego out. And then, of course, oh, by the way, Ozzy oh, and clicks <laughs> end a button just to annoy you because of your name. <laughs> I like it. I'm glad I'm glad I'm already enjoying the fact that we cho- that I chose this name. Listen, when you present something in front of me as your game master, I need you to have a good time and I need to have a good time. If both of us are having a good time, then that is pure perfection right there. Indeed, sir. Indeed. (laughs) So as you hang up the FaceTime call and you just put your phone to the side of the bed. Once again, you go back to contemplating the rest of your afternoon of how it's going to go. However, you're not even a couple minutes into making a decision When all of a sudden, from outside, you start to hear a sudden pace, this whirring cacophony, what sounds to be sirens going off. So think of it as like the tornado system with the large, like the alarms going on and off. Of course, you are in New Mexico. 
my weather, my meteorologist people don't come for me in this podcast, but I don't believe New Mexico has tornadoes, but that's the sound that it's currently making. It's like this large wailing siren going off. The old air raid sirens. Yeah. You know what? That's a better, that's a better way for it. So it's like an air siren horn begins to go off. And then Osman, you hear blaring from outside of your window kind of echoing across the town. This is the Sequoia Falls emergency system. We are in code level two. I repeat, code level two. All citizens, please evacuate the premises. I repeat, evacuate the premises. That tells you you things are going to go sideways from here. You were in town when everything went off, so. (laughs) I was wondering what to expect. It sounds like it's going to be a good time. Yay. I regret nothing. <laughs> I'm sure. Hear, hearing the sirens, he's, of course, he's interested and in, intrigued to see what's going on. But before he leaves, he grabs, he's, grabs his compass and his multi-tool and he's got his pack and throws that over the shoulder. And then this goes out the back door into the yard to see, check things out a little bit before he fi- officially, officially evacuates the house i'm assuming that he's tried to contact his grandparents and phone lines are tied up i guess everything's busy at this point so he's maybe a little bit worried but he's he can handle himself he's pretty confident about that excellent and so as you for all intents and purposes as you head out to the backyard You know what? I'm just going to make this because I think it's always fun. You see your little tree house that you're (laughs) that is set up for you. So you climb your tree house, you go inside for a small little tree house that fits perfectly for two. This works out properly. And of course, your grandparents, your grandfather, more importantly, wanted to make sure that you actually would use this thing past being a youngling, so to speak. So, of course, there's beanbag in the corner. There's posters, a bookshelf, all that stuff. There's some plants that surprisingly have been surviving for pretty decent, even though nobody knows why. But it's mostly like cacti and things like that. Things that could survive in the heat of New Mexico. Lots of succulents, I'm sure. And then, of course, you have your little telescope (laughs) poached out the window facing the, the openness of the Sequoia Falls town. So, as you are one to do, I'm assuming you're going to look through the telescope. Oh, yeah. yeah. How else would you, would you survey your surroundings? That is very true. From a youth, middle-aged, middle, middle-aged, not middle-aged, but I can't bring no work. From a young adult's treehouse, let's say. Oh, for sure. As you look through the telescope, Osman, you see a plethora of things. You see a bunch of people running up and down the streets, cars crash into each other. It's like extreme pandemonium. But as you're looking through the telescope, you notice something very strange. As you are looking through the telescope, you notice that there's a few individuals that are not so much running per se, but they are more shambling limping towards other people that are running super fast. And from what you can tell in your telescope, you only get the appearance that whatever clothes they're wearing have become a little bit raggedy and a little bit torn. 
And you also know that their skin complexion is this very gauntly kind of gray, ashen gray color. And as you look, you can't really take a look at the face a little bit as their like head is tilting down at an angle a little bit. And then they're kind of shuffling along. Osman, I would like you to please roll me a brains. All right. Come on, cat. Get out of the way. I had to remove the cat from said notebook in order to see what, let's see, that's an eight. Yeah, four. Funny enough, in this game, because it is powered by the apocalypse, it didn't need to be that high. Osman, between your own personal time and just hanging out with the rest of the troop, especially the eclectic group of friends that you have come to find yourself a little bit, the gaunt ashen gray skin, the tattered clothes, the shambling, shuffling forward, neck at an awkward position, and slowly meandering their way through the street. You're still trying to come to an understanding of exactly how this could be possible, given the fact that, one, it's not Halloween. More importantly, the, this thing really only exists in the figment and imaginations of movie directors and occult fanatics. But you swear that all of these things that you just witnessed are characteristics of zombies. If it walks like a zombie and groans like a zombie, then it's a zombie. It's a it's not zombie. a leprechaun. I thought about it, but then I was like, nah, we don't mess with leprechauns here. <laughs> Those things are evil. Especially if you try to take their pot of gold. Don't do it. I tried that once. It wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, it's a real catastrophe. I had a great night. But- While we recover from that pun. So, yeah, Osman, <laughs> you still don't understand it, but there are zombies running around in Sequoia. I guess shuffling around would be the more appropriate term, but at least that's what you saw through your right. <laughs> telescope. So this, I'm assuming he's going to take a few minutes to process and maybe slap himself a couple times in the face to make sure that he's not dreaming or hallucinating. Maybe he licked the wrong toad last night. That had to do with his his allergies messing up, maybe. But he's... Are one of the side effects of your medication hallucinating? Yeah, some bad antihistamines, that's what we'll call it. Wait, nudge, wait, nudge, wait, know what we're saying? Uh, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, terrain-wise, I'm guessing, how far is he from said zombie shuffle? that he's watching that is an excellent question and so from what you can tell from your looking through the telescope and using your skills as a brave to find to measure or guesstimate the distance between you and the actual telescope your telescope is allowed to magnify to a maximum capacity of 300 things because it's a telescope you look up it's not like the Hubble telescope, but at least you can see a lot closer and make out certain shapes, at least with stars and planets and all that good stuff. So it's about, eh, I will say, about half a mile from you and what you saw through your telescope. So all the zombies were happening more towards downtown. So if we were to calculate that, it takes about like a good from your house to downtown, about 15, 20 minutes by foot and then 10 minutes by if you take public transportation and he knows roughly where the, uh, the rest of the troop is per se. Oh yeah. That 
general direction kind of thing, like where they're at. So if he tries to maybe get around to go meet up with. Them. OK, so to give a little bit of a time frame. So they are currently still out in the woods, so they aren't coming back for another two days. <laughs> oh, okay. Got My, sorry. Got it's OK. I I'm didn't late. make that clear. That's what happens when I blink out for a while. It's all good. All right. I guess we're going to maybe start gathering tools and implements of destruction from Alrighty. wherever he can. Okay, so Grant... an M60 machine gun in his treehouse? Absolutely not. <laughs> That's in the upgrade model coming out next year. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I will say, given what is around you currently, I will say, just because I feel nice about it, you do have a baseball bat located in your treehouse. So, listen, I'm a sucker for a good baseball bat in the zombie apocalypse. Do, do I have access to barbed wire? No, not yet. You're going to have to go to the hardware store if you're going to get that. Okay, okay. <laughs> Can I put my two cents in real quick when, since he mentioned barbed wire? Go ahead. <laughs> that is a horrible idea in the zombie apocalypse. All right, Negan, yeah. calm down. It's a weapon so fun- of fear, not a weapon for destruction. That is true. So you have the good old baseball bat. And then, of course, you. So the funny thing is you also have your backpack ready to go that you were supposed to take with you on the camping trip. You didn't get to go, but you also were sick, as I put it in air quotes, with the allergies. You didn't really have a chance to unpack it. So you also have that with you. Now, if you're going to look for anything else, I will make you roll for it. Or I should say anything more. Destructive. If you're hinting at it, sure. Let's search for something more destructive. I mean, maybe a slingshot, because you I mean, know teenagers and slingshots. Yeah, you can't just dangle that carrot out there, want some <laughs> destructive items, and then take it back. So. I, I, the regret, bone, man. I regret got, nothing. Got the dice ready. Okay, so let's see. What do I want to make you roll for this? You know what? Because granted the situation, and you just saw a zombie, or a couple of zombies, so to speak, your mind's already thinking of, OK, what's got to do? What am I doing? I am actually going to let's test your flight to see how quick you're able to scavenge things, given the fact that, you don't. it seems that zombies are bound. So who knows how much time you really got? Gotcha. That's a six. Cool. Yeah. What's so that's a six. Uh, remind me what B six. OK, so let me let me tell you something fun because you weren't here when I explained it. Because this game is using powered by the apocalypse, if you roll the maximum number on the die for that skill, you roll again and then you add it. And if it gets another six, you keep going until you don't know more. I remember reading that now. All right. So it's a three, nine, nine, <laughs> nine. <laughs> nine. Wrong game. Watch me. <laughs> We're building up for a crossover event. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? That'd be so cool. No. OK, we're going to plan. We're going to plan a one shot and that's what we're going to do. But we'll talk about it later. <laughs> I see Chris's mind going. Oh, no. What have we done? All right. Okay. So with the nine. OK, so let me look at my list of weapons. Hold up. So with the nine. Damn, you missed out just by one. But that's OK. So as you're looking around the house, Osmond, you're able to find a couple of things. When I say a couple, you're really only you find really only two things. One, you do find not a regular slingshot, but, you know, the ones that are like made of metal, like with the 
kind of brace reaching out of it to help to perform the aim a little bit better, so yeah, to sur- speak. Sur- surgical grade rubber band and all. Yeah, that. surgical grade rubber band and all that. Now, of course, your grandfather is amazing, lovely person, but he's not the best. Like he took it away from you because you and your friends were trying to shoot the soda cans off of your fence. Then it ended up going through Mrs. Johnson's window and she was not happy about it. It's powerful. It's the Air Sling 3000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah you're able to you're able to find your Air Sling 3000 because your grandfather did a bad job of hiding it. All he really did was put it on top of the fridge. You could have grabbed it at any time, but you're like, you know what? We're just going to leave it there and pretend that's a great hiding spot for it and just let your grandpa have the win. (laughs) He respects the he respects his grandparents. And then the other thing that you happen to find, which is also important, is, of course, you find a first aid kit that your grandma left behind. Well, not left behind. The house always has two, but this is the one that she's in case of emergencies. You're going to need this one, all that kind of stuff. It's the backup because it's the backup. She took the one with her. Yeah, she took the good one. So you have the bare bones basic one. You got a couple of band-aids, maybe a bit of gauze. If you're lucky, there's like a fourth of some rubbing alcohol in it. Some tweezers that has seen some better days. And just like the accoutrement that comes with like your basic first aid kid. Very nice. Excellent. So, Osmond, as you grab your things, the yelling and screaming of the citizens of Sequoia Falls begin to grow louder and louder. And then that yelling is interrupted by a piercing sound of glass shattering coming from your living room. Wait, so I'm out of the treehouse. I'm back in the house. Yeah, because inside the house, that's where you got the slingshot and oh, the right. first aid kit. Yeah. Uh, you also have your ba- you have your bat, too. We're going to call her Betsy. <laughs> Betsy. Betsy the bat. Betsy the bat. I actually got to write this down so I remember the name. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I've found the benefit of taking notes. All right, so it's as stealthily as possible, I guess. He will peek around the corner to see if he can... I'm guessing, can he see from where he's at to the living room? Oh, for sure. So you just peek around the corner. Right. Osman, as you peek around the corner, for all intents and purposes, you see a man who's no, who's not moving on the floor. And you see him bleeding from his neck region. And as you take your eyes and scan up, you see a very ratted, decaying, what used to look like a German shepherd, but parts of its fur are matted and decayed. You just see it looks like his skin has peeled away a little bit, showing a bit of bone. You see this dog is just chomping at the bit at this person on the floor. And as you take a look at its eyes, that there is this glassy kind of milky white look in its eyes. And for all intents and purposes, it seems that the zombies not only affect human beings that you saw through the telescope, but you have a zombified doggo in your house now. Great. I come zombie. back just in time to hear about a zombie doggo. <laughs> zombie dogs and cats living together. Oh, that's that. See, that's a nightmare waiting to happen. And I'm really sorry, Osmond. But as you're taking a look at this, you step forward a little bit and. You step on what 
you step on because your grandparents happen to have a cat somewhere. So it's one of their little cat toys that got left on the floor. So you step on it and it makes a squeak. It's like one of those little toy mouse that squeaks. Right. <laughs> so you step exactly. You step on it. It makes a little squeak sound. And as you just hold your breath and you look up, you see the zombified doggo snap its attention towards you. It leans back a little bit on its four paws like it's about to pounce. And then it just growls and then lets out this guttural, like not even a bark. Think of it as more. Yeah, a, it's a zombie dog sound like. It's regular barking, but think about it like the vocal cords are now made of titanium. So it's a lot louder than normal. Think of it as like very, a dis, like if you were to take somebody and run it through a distortion kind of effect where it sounds a little bit metallic. like, yeah, metallic. Okay. So. It's like that, but the sound waves that are coming out of this doggo is a lot louder than the normal pitch of a regular dog's bark. And as it's barking, you swear you can feel and hear like the liquid movements of its throat as it begins to come out. So it's like a very wet bark, so to speak. Kind of like when you have phlegm in your throat and you're trying to cough it up. And that wetness that comes out when you're cough, when it, the sound that it makes when you're coughing up all that phlegm. So raspy. Yeah, very raspy when it comes with this. And this dog, once it lets out its bark, it begins to r- run towards your direction. I need you to roll me a flight, please. Where's the team? That's 11. All right, here we go. That's five. OK. So you succeeded barely, but you succeeded. <laughs> so with your qu- quick thinking, just more so with on instinct alone, Osmond, you just make your way back through the kitchen area and you jump through. The door is open because, you know, I'm not going to make you do that quite yet. But the door is open and you jump back out through the backyard. But as you come into the backyard, you are met with a couple other zombified doggos as you come out. And as you look and you see this pack, as well as the one that is behind you, you just quickly turn and you run towards the gate that leads out into the street area. You open that gate and you shut it behind you and you just hear the (laughs) cacophony of nails scratching at the door and the sound of barking as you feel the force of the fence push it forward a little bit. Yeah, should have had some zombie bacon to pack. Bacon! I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. I apologize. But as you come out, (laughs) as you come out of the street, Osmond, you just see in more detail just the decimation of Sequoia Falls. There are cars overturned, people laying in the streets, people running. There's small fires being set. There's glass from shattered windows, all that kind of stuff. And so as you're taking this all in, you're, you hear over the sirens, you say, this is the broad, this is the emergency broadcast of the Sequoia Falls emergency system. Anyone who is listening and it goes through the regular like monotone voice that most broadcast emergency broadcast systems have until you hear the broadcast go staticky for a little bit. And then you over the sound system, 
you hear a unfamiliar female voice and you just hear just go, if there's anyone out there, anyone in Sequoia Falls, please, I beg you, please come to St. Augustine's right away. I don't have much time to explain, but if there's any survivors out there, please, before. And then all of a sudden you just hear this voice be like, no, wait, what are you doing? Stop, stop. Before it goes silent and then the emergency broadcast system comes back on once again what to do what to do so i would like i'm intrigued at this point ozymandias is intrigued so how is it is it possible for him to get to saint augustine's or is it yeah. like, or is it like through the zombie zone at this point fun enough saint augustine's is relatively close it's heading in the same general direction as downtown, but by foot, it only is maybe seven minutes tops if you're walking, five minutes if you're taking a nice brisk jog. It's really close. In fact, that's really the only way your grandparents are okay with you walking over is for your troop meetings is because it is so close to your house. Yeah. That way, it's far enough where... You can feel independent according to them, but it's close enough for them to literally just watch you walk down the street a couple minutes and then arrive at your destination. But the church is way before the downtown zombified infested area. Cool. I wish I would have could have rolled for found a bike. That would have been nice. <laughs> so funny enough, you got the nine. If you had a 10, I was going to give you a bike. You just missed it by one. Oh, that's just mean. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, <laughs> but not really. <laughs> I was going to say, no, you're not. <laughs> we'll be curious. So let's uh, try to sneak around through the neighborhood and make our way to the St. Augustine. Okay. Might be a mistake, but. <sighs> Excellent. I'm just going to give it to you just because of how you're doing so just rolling with the punches. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this one to you. <laughs> I want to be nice and fair after being chased by dogs. You sneak your way through as you're making your way to St. Augustine's. I'm just imagining from a teenage perspective, it's like all of a sudden you're just playing the Mission Impossible music in your head as you're going about with this. And you're just going from cover to cover. Not necessarily very well, but it's good enough. And as you're making your way to St. Augustine's, you also get more and more of this picture of the once quaint little town of Sequoia Falls has now turned into a bedrock of just mayhem and chaos. And now we're far enough into the time frame. So I'll say about since the since the air raid horn started going off and you making your way, I'll say it's about 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes have passed, which with any kind of big disaster that happens after the initial like 10, 15 minutes is when not things necessarily calm down, but the initial shock and like utter chaos in its truest forms begins to spread itself out over the rest of the city of a large populated area. And without any real obstacles, but also getting a bit of more of the destruction of your little town, you find yourself in front of the doors of St. Augustine's, which is the familiar church slash little tiny cathedral that you and the rest of troop 202 have your braves meetings at and usually is the when it's not school or your own house this is the other place where you, most of your time is spent <laughs> we'll 
trying to think if it would be. Let's do it. Let's just go full board. Let's check the door. We'll see if it's open, if it's unlocked. Okay. So <laughs> as you go and jiggle the door a little bit to see if it's open, of course it opens because we love Padre Pio, but he doesn't. He's like the old school mentality where you can leave your door unlocked and not expect crazy things to happen. And plus Sequoia Falls is that kind of community as well, where most people leave their doors unlocked a little bit only because this the crime rate of Sequoia Falls is like nowhere near some of the major other populated cities across the United States. And of course, because it is a church, it's one of the few safe havens in case of emergencies. They usually keep the door open for things like that. Cool. So it will peek inside and then and then we'll go ahead. And if all seems clear, we'll, we'll enter in and see, try to find, I'm guessing the, he knows the layout fair enough to know where maybe the equipment room or whatever would be that, or the office, I guess. Oh, for sure. You've been here multiple times. And of course, Padre usually sends you or one of the other Braves to go and get stuff from the office. So as you walk in, of course, the first thing that you are met with in this small little cathedral is you are met with kind of two sets of pews in small little rows leading up to the altar in this little cathedral. So for my (laughs) so giving a little bit of my background so if anybody has been in like a large catholic church right so when walking in from the back you have the rows and rows of pews leading to the center where the altar is with whatever accoutrement is on there but since this is a cathedral this is more on the smaller scale but it's still kind of set up similar and osman as you make your way up through the rows of pews you head straight to Padre's office, and of course, it's unlocked in there. And as you open the door, however, now Padre usually isn't the cleanest person, but he keeps everything at least organized. When you open up his office, though, you just see it a complete mess. There are papers thrown all over the floor, drawers from his desk opened and left open. His bookshelf has been thrown with books on the floor and everything's been disarray. And on top of his desk, he just also a couple of files just thrown all over the place. I'm guessing we'll make our way over and check out to see what's on the desk because that's where the important stuff would be. And maybe... Asking, yelling out if anybody's here. So as you check the desk with the file folders on it, nothing too out of the ordinary is there. One of the folders has and nobody needs to tell your guys's folks and parents and families this. But on the desk, like permission, like the church waiver forms that everybody needs to sign. So even though y'all are with the Braves, technically, because home base is in this cathedral, the church has to sign. You guys have to sign the church's waivers in case of emergency and like medical insurance information, all that kind of good stuff. So you see that file with all of your true friends slash troop members, medical information and the waivers and things like that. And of course, yours is also in there, too. But Padre forgot to take it with him. So that's a big no, no. Nobody nobody needs to know. But more importantly, as you're looking up through these files, 
you notice that underneath it is a little black kind of notebook. It's small. It's about the size of kind of a reporter's notebook. So a little by five by eight spiral notebook that you can flip open and things like that. Cool. So I know the importance of black notebooks. So we'll grab that and check it out. <laughs> and is there perhaps maybe a phone on the desk as well? Yeah, there's one of those. <laughs> there's one of those like, again, Padre has been around for a very long time, so he does have a phone, but it's not like the regular ones where you push the buttons. It's like one of those old, like, he wants to be classic, as he calls it, so it's like one of those rotator ones where you have to spin, let it wait. Yeah, the rotary dial ones. Yeah, the phones of my youth when I grew up in the last century. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Continue. It happens. So let's pop the receiver and see if there's a dial tone, because he's thinking he may try to Dial 911 and see if he can get any information. As you pick it up, it's it died. Just like those zombies you saw. Okay. Or technically they're undead. You got a transition. So cool. Phone's dead. So let's grab the notebook and try to get to a vantage point where he can look around and see. Oh, for sure. So you know that the highest point in this cathedral is the bell tower itself right so (laughs) you make your way up the stairs you make your way to the bell tower and as you make your way up as you come through the little door to make your way to the bell tower you turn the corner and you see a hooded figure just perched on top of the edge of the bell tower We'll make ourselves aware or announce ourselves to to said hooded figure. So as you announce yourself to the said hooded figure, you hear like a muffled gasp as it turns to see you. And as you're looking at it, you just see, you know what? I have props here somewhere. Eh, I'll get it later. (laughs) So what is you see like a half mask cover in the design of Oni of Japanese folklore. So it has like red skin and like the very pointed teeth. And then you see these goggles covering their eyes. And as they make contact with you, they just toss you uh, something wrapped up in a cloth before jumping backwards. And with their hand, what looks sort of be some sort of grip device grabs onto it as they begin sliding down what looks to be a rope bridge that they created. And so they're zip lining their way down <laughs> the spell tower. This escalated very quickly. So I guess to take the wrap that it, I just got pelted with. Cool. See what's inside of it, maybe. So as you unwrap it, it's in a like a dish towel, so to speak. It's like a purple dish towel. And as you unwrap it, you see a flat circular mirror. It looks to be like a broken half of a compact mirror that, you know, most people use when they want to powder their nose, so to speak. I don't want to say just women have it because I know some men who have their own compact and we don't discriminate here on Vibe Tribe. Makeup is for everyone. But like the mirror portion of the compact kind of broken off. And you also see a little note in it that says that says Use your brave skills. Send an SOS. <laughs> so we've, we're, we've got a signaling mirror. So I think for skill patches, he's got navigation. So that might 
come into play, maybe. So I guess he would try said mirror, and let's see if we can figure out. So if he's going back from, if we could try to signal towards downtown, maybe with the SOS that way to see, or in the direction of hooded figure zipline. Excellent. All righty, because you. I will allow you to use your skill patch for this role because I'm going to have you use your I'm going to have you use your brains. And because you're able to you were able to tell me a little bit that navigation is important. And yes, historically, (laughs) using mirrors is a form of navigation, especially when you're trying to communicate because ships and lighthouses would use Morse code all the time to communicate with each other, especially in times when electronics weren't a thing. I actually had to do my research on this because I didn't want to sound like a dummy when I was saying this information. So you're going to roll me your brains. So when you are done rolling, you're also going to add a plus three because you were able to tell me how your skill patch comes in handy very well. So you get a plus three to your total. All right. So this is my brains is a D8. So four. So it's three. So seven. Okay. So the magic number in this game is always going to be four. (laughs) Trust me. Unless you're doing something super crazy, then I'm going to escalate it. But my base number is four. That'll be a a couple episodes from now. (laughs) It's going to happen. Who knows? The night is still young. Osman, as you take the mirror and you position it where the sun can catch the reflection, you begin to move it about and start it head towards the hooded figure's direction. And you're able to start moving it to reflect it. And it begins a Morse code saying SOS over and over as you're trying to figure out what exactly you're supposed to do. This has been a Vibe Tribe production. Remember, take care of each other, love one another. And as always, keep those good times rolling. We'll see you next time.